Welcome to the Think Christian Podcast, where we talk about faith and popular culture, because there's no such thing as secular. I'm Josh Larson, editor over at thinkchristian.net. So the Barbie World Domination Tour continues. This week marks the digital release of the Smash Summer Blockbuster, written and directed by Greta Gerwig, which gives us another reason to consider it here at TC. Earlier on the website, Rosalind Hernandez wrote a wonderful piece on the movie called Barbie and Our Reason for Being. I was going to leave it at that, but then I saw recently on social media that among the movie's many fans was professor, author, and speaker Karen Swallow Pryor. Now, the last time Karen was on the TC podcast was to discuss Greta Gerwig's Little Women. So it seemed fitting to have her on the show again, this time to talk toys rather than great literature. Before we do that, a quick note about the next edition of the TC Movie Club. It's only about a month away now. We're going to be gathering online on Monday, October 23, right at the height of spooky season, to talk horror, what is it good for? This will be jumping off my new book, Fear Not, A Christian Appreciation of Horror Movies. So to be part of that, sign up to join the TC Movie Club at thinkchristian.net slash movie club. Obviously, I have a few ideas about what horror is good for, but I'd like to hear yours too. Bring your skeptical questions if you have those as well. We're going to be touching on movies like 1941's The Wolfman, Jaws, and A Nightmare on Elm Street, along with a whole bunch of other titles. I'm sure people will bring some of their favorite scary movies as well and the genre in general. So again, to join us and sign up and receive an email for that invite to get the Zoom link, just go to thinkchristian.net slash movie club. Okay, time for Karen Swallow Pryor, who incidentally has written a Reader's Guide edition to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Now, the 1931 adaptation of Frankenstein with Boris Karloff, that would be a great one to check out in advance of Movie Club. Welcome to Karen Swallow Pryor, who is, yes, a TC contributor in the past, but also more notably, she's written for the New York Times, The Atlantic, Vox, The Washington Post, and Christianity Today. Her latest book, just out, The Evangelical Imagination, How Stories, Images, and Metaphors Created a Culture in Crisis. So, Karen, I feel like I know you a little bit between your writing and those few times we've met in person, had some conversations. Even so, when I was trying to imagine what your relationship to Barbie dolls might be, (laughs) I got to say I was flummoxed. I didn't know where to go. You could have told me you played with them all the time as a kid. I would have believed that. You also could have told me that you led pint-sized protests over the limited ways the doll defined what life should look like for a woman. That is certainly on the table, too. So please put an end to my curiosity. What did Barbie dolls mean to Karen Swallow Pryor? Well, it falls right in the middle. <laughs> um, okay. I had, yeah, I had, I had a Barbie, and I think I had Ken, and I had Skipper. I actually remember, I just related to Skipper a lot more. Skipper, for anyone who doesn't know, Skipper is like the younger sister, teen or preteen. And then I had, I had just the camper, 
That was all the accoutrements that I had. (laughs) My girlfriends next door had the house. They had Alan. Ah, um, had a lot. Alan, wow. Yes, Alan. I had completely forgot about Alan (laughs) until I went to the movie, and and it was it took. I was like, oh yeah, Alan. That's so Um, fitting. So it, but it was actually fun to play together and you know compile our things because we had you know when the two households when we the girls played together we all had more things. Um, But I definitely you know was jealous of my friends who had all the other things mm. not the camper but i do want to say since you asked this question i also had uh the lesser known completely different line jane west and thunderbolt i jane, am unfamiliar with okay this. so jane west was a cowgirl a little bit larger than barbie heavier plastic with bendable parts and she had the horse thunder i she had a horse which i had thunderbolt and thunderbolt's foal called Thunder Colt. And I played with them a lot more. So you did. Um, I Interesting. Did. Yeah. Yeah. And she had ben- she had bendable arms and like knees and elbows. Yeah. That was it. That was the And the horse. And the horse. She, yeah. I mean I the was horse a horse girl. Yeah. Had to be a plus for sure. And yeah, the bendable arms and legs that just so more activity you could do. So exactly. That's, that's like, you know, the difference for me between the Star Wars figures, which I loved, but couldn't move all that much. And then the G.I. Joe figures, which could bend that way. So yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah, I, yeah. I know what you're talking about, though. I am unfamiliar with those toys in particular. <laughs> well, that's Barbie dolls. How about the Barbie movie? Now, a little social media bird told me last month that you found the film to be, quote, smart, witty, hilarious, and profound. We'll get to that profound part in a little bit. But first, I just want to hear what you made of Barbie just as a, a movie experience. Well, of course, you know, the way that I view movies is I'm very picky. And I, as soon as I know of one that I might be interested in, whether it's because of the director or something I know about the film, I make the decision whether I want to see it or not. And then I stop I don't look at anything or read anything. I don't want to know a thing. Fair. So I, someone sent me the trailer for the Barbie film. And the trailer contains the line where she says, you know, they're all dancing and that she says, stops and says, do you ever think about dying or something? Uh-huh. So I am me. And of course I knew it was Greta Gerwig. So I immediately knew this was going to be a smart movie that I wanted to see. <laughs> so I entered it, not knowing anything else really uh, other than that. And, um, now I have seen it twice. So I'm going to, I'm going to, so the first time I saw it, I was mostly struck by its profundity, which we'll talk about later. It was funnier than I even expected it to be. And I expected that. I mean, I knew it was satire. I could tell from the trailer it was satire and I love satire. And then when I saw it the second time, so I was really struck with the profundity. Like I almost, I was almost moved to tears almost a couple of times when I first saw it. And then the second time that I saw it, because I, you know, I had some friends who hadn't seen it. So, you know, had to take them. It was just the humor just, I just laughed and laughed. So the humor struck me more, which, you know, good humor does when you kind of know what's coming and you can pay more attention. Uh, It just was funnier. And I just, it was just hilarious. So, and there's so much humor going on, visual humor in the background, Um, even in like the changes to the Lizzo song, pink, the changes in the lyrics they make. So seeing it a second time allows you to catch some of those things as well. So, and I knew after the first viewing that they were, I I just knew immediately I could see this again and catch so much more. So uh, exactly that kind of film. Yeah. I loved it for its humor as well. And it's, you know, it's funny. I also 
greatly appreciated as you're describing how you fell somewhere in the middle when it came to Barbie dolls. That's suggesting a certain conflict, right? That you maybe even had as a kid with mm-hmm. what these toys represented and yet the enjoyment you got from them. And I feel like that was the tension that the movie was interested in exploring. That's what I appreciated about it is not having played with the dolls as a kid. It let me into Greta Gerwig's mind and what that experience was like for her then, but also how she's processing it now, how she mm-hmm. does have reservations, mm-hmm. but also appreciates certain things, not only about those dolls, but about the cultural behemoth that Barbie has become. And I think that's how the movie is so smart. It isn't really, it makes its points. You know, I think it definitely has its perspective, but it isn't trying to tell us how to think or what the final word is on Barbie. It's trying to share one person's wrestling with what Barbie means in an incredibly funny, visually inventive, musical Mm -hmm. way. I was just thoroughly impressed with what, what she pulled off here. And it, it was so self-aware, which was necessary. I mean, even when um, the narrator interjects at some point that, you know, casting Margot Robbie as someone who's going to say, I, you know, something like, I don't feel beautiful was, you know, not the, <laughs> not the best. <laughs> yes. It wasn't, didn't exactly work. I mean, so that kind of self-awareness and irony mm-hmm. was so great for the film, but also, I mean, the, it's it's emblematic of, of what the whole film was doing with Barbie because the film is much smarter, wittier, and has so important commentary that the doll herself in like 1960s didn't have right i mean sure. so right so uh it was just it it was it was just a brilliant film yeah we should mention you know we've called out Greta Gerwig's name a couple of times um she co-wrote it with Noah Baumbach but Margot Robbie who plays Barbie stereotypical stereotypical <laughs> Barbie she was actually a producer this was a project mm. that she kind of was the lead on so she's definitely a creative force here as well, in addition to being, you know, the main character on screen. So I wanted to bring your book into this, Karen, a little bit. As I mentioned, uh, the new book is called The Evangelical Imagination, How Stories, Images, and Metaphors Created a Culture in Crisis. First, though, give me a sense here. How have you been describing this one to people when they ask, what does that title mean? Oh, yeah, this this is a book. It was so hard to develop the elevator pitch and it's still still hard. <laughs> um, so it's basically it's a it's a book that covers the 300 years of evangelical history, which began in 18th century England um, and applies Charles Taylor's concept of the social imaginary to the movement and sort of and so I examine a number of the stories, images, myths, legends, ideas, concepts that I find central to this 300 year history and kind of talk about their origins and their good and their bad. Um, and again, keeping in mind that uh, in, in Taylor's conception of the social imaginary, these are not necessarily things that are cognitive or that we're thinking about. So it's very different from worldview, which, mm. you know, uh, you know, a lot of Christian writers and thinkers talk about, and I, and I write about a lot, but the social imaginary is more like underneath the surface, the kinds of visions for the good life or how we expect things to go, how they play out and shape us. And I I mean, we're talking, Barbie is a, and I know that's where you're going to go next, but Barbie is a perfect example of of an ingredient in our American, our modern, modern American social imaginary. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to go there next. And I wanted to share a little bit from the introduction here, which was this invitation to readers you make. I just loved. So you wrote, Look for the images, metaphors, and stories that fill your own imagination 
your community's social imaginary, and your own cultural experience. Weigh them against the eternal word of God. Weigh them against the truth, justice, and mercy to which he calls all his people. So I like that because that's not a bad way to describe what we hope to do here at Think Christian when it comes to pop culture, which leads me to ask you kind of what you were suggesting there. When you weigh Barbie in this manner, in that context of that invitation, what do you find? Either Barbie, maybe Barbie, particularly the movie. Let's stick to the movie here. Well, yeah, no, I'm glad you clarified that because I I think there are two Barbies to talk about. And and this is what the movie does so well, because Barbie, I mean, it's it's so true. It's cliche, but I'll just say it. Barbie the doll obviously sets up some unrealistic expectations for women, you know, and and men. It, it, It forms our social imaginary in a way that can be harmful. What the film does is it gives some of that story, some of what what uh, the creator of the doll and and possibly the company besides wanting to make money wanted to do is to, but because it's not just Barbie in her physique, but also Barbie in all her roles, the different you know jobs that that Barbie can have, and yeah, um, and that gets fleshed out in in the film. So I think the film is in a way doing exactly, in a yeah, I. I what I'm trying to do much less successfully and much less spectacularly in the book is, is say, here's this cultural artifact. Where did it come from? What good was it trying to do and did it do? And then what harm did it do? And how mm-hmm. can we, what can we do with this here in our lives? Now that's what the film was doing. And um, that's kind of what I'm trying to do in my book with the different, you know, elements, uh, essential elements of evangelicalism. Yeah, and that's what it's sort of related to what I was talking about. What I appreciate about the movie is it felt like a conversation starter in that mm-hmm. way. It felt like a prompting for its audiences an invitation to, you know, I'm certain those who grew up playing with Barbies um, have already been doing this, but an invitation to think further about what that means, what Barbie represents in their lives in the larger culture. And as a conversation starter, I appreciate it more than as the final word on Barbie, as I was mm-hmm. saying. I think that movie might have been a little less interesting, certainly less fun, <laughs> and and probably more divisive. I, I mm-hmm. do wonder if the reason this has been such a hit um, is because it allows for that space for someone to come to the movie who resented their childhood of Barbie and feel affirmed in that by right. some of the critiques the, the movie offers. At the same time, someone who appreciated their childhood with Barbie, but had some reservations, can come to the movie and come away feeling like, yeah, that that got a little bit of what I did like about Barbie when I was young. So yeah, it's a very generous film in that way, which I think is one of the things I also appreciate about it. No, I think that's a great way of describing it. And it's so interesting because as I said before, when I was sort of trying not to read any reviews or, you know, or see any commentary, of course, I see headlines and and so or tweets or whatever. And there were, you know, it was just so interesting because I saw headlines and snippets about it being, you know, like an anti-man film or even one about how the little vignette by Midge, the pregnant Barbie, when the narrator says that's awkward or something. She was, that doll was discontinued. Like somebody took that at face value, didn't even understand like that is, that was satire. That was actually yeah. <laughs> the point being made is that right. it's bad that there was no <laughs> place for that doll. Um, but so little snippets that I saw that were bad, bad takes on the film, but probably just, you know, for the purposes of clicks and grift, um, we'll assume that, that those kinds of 
bad takes that I saw a little of before I went into the movie left me completely surprised and, and happily so that the movie wasn't those things. But also I, I, I expected it to obviously deal with, you know, feminism and women and, and women's roles, all those things. But I didn't expect it to be so philosophically and theologically profound. Right. Yeah. I just thought it would be a smart social commentary, but it was so much more than that. Well, let's turn to that. And by the way, clicks and grift, is that what you said? I, I yeah. love that. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna recall that every time I see when I'm scrolling and I see a click or a grift going by. That's great. Yeah, I, I, yeah when I see it, I have to ask, <laughs> is this person really this dumb or are they just grifting? I don't know, you know, like which would be the more generous interpretation? <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes hard to say. So one of the things in terms of theological resonance that I've been intrigued by with Barbie is looking at it as a creation story. And I don't mean so much um, that I see Barbie land as a version of the Garden of Eden, though Alyssa Wilkinson wrote an intriguing piece over at Vox along these lines, and we'll link to that. But for me, there's this interesting element where we do meet the creator of the Barbie doll. I think you referenced her, Ruth Handler, who is played by Rhea Perlman of, of Cheers fame. Now, I don't want to give anything specific away because there are, I'm sure there are some folks who have been waiting for this to come on digital to see it. But this character, I will say, she appears twice, I think, in the film, offers a sort of blessing. And I'm curious what you make of that dynamic, Karen. Do you think there's, there's any echo there of thinking about God's purpose for us as created beings does the movie get into the part that free will plays in that dynamic? Does the movie get into our missteps in exercising that free will? I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of directions we could go if we just look at Ruth Handler as being this creator figure and then Barbie a stand in really for all of us. Of course, that is like the climax of the film, right? It's so important. Yeah, it's hard I'm, to I'm talk glad about you, Yeah, detail. I'm glad you mentioned, I can, I'm pretty good at trying, you know, if I know we're avoiding spoilers, I, I think I can do that. I mean, because that, see, that whole scene, not just the, the words, but even like visually, it was reminiscent of the creation scene, you know, Michelangelo's creation scene mm -hmm. a little, with a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a tilt there. But I, you know, I think that scene invites us to think about the creator and the role of free will and the role of sovereignty and really what it means to be human and to make decisions, whether they're the right ones or the wrong ones. And I also, you know, so I, I do want to say, and I don't think it's giving a spoiler, there, there's an opening scene that's just sort of dramatic and unsettling because it's girls play, little girls playing with dolls and with baby dolls. And then Barbie comes along and when I, the first time I saw the film, I just thought, oh, that, that scene just, it kind of bothered me. It didn't seem to need to be there. But the second time I saw it, I realized how much that opening, those opening, that opening vignette contrasts with some of the closing ones that, that picture hmm. real life um, images of moms and children and babies enjoying life and just, uh, you know, it's just the, visually the film is just so complicated because it has the real world, Barbie world, and then these other kinds of vignettes yeah. um, in there. And I, I just realized that I think that those that closing vignette is kind of a contrast and commentary on that opening one. Um, it was a very so I'll say this for anyone who knows me. Um, I'll say it was a very life affirming ending and film and affirming of motherhood and childhood and 
and really picks up on some things about mother-daughter relationships in that same um, scene where, you know, I mean, Ruth Handler isn't just a creator, but she's also a mother figure. So That's true. Yeah. 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 And I think that's an important distinction. I like the connection you're making between those final images of, of mothers and and girls and the opening, which is, I think it was in the trailer. It was one of the first teaser trailers, oh, okay. actually, this 2001 uh, the Stanley Kubrick mm-hmm, film, mm-hmm. it's inspired by that, right? A riff right. on um, Barbie being this revelation to girls mm-hmm. who were stuck beforehand just playing with baby dolls. So they were limited to the roles of mothers, right? Right. And um, the one argument in Barbie's favor was that it opened up their opportunities for play. Right. They no longer just had to play as mothers. They could be all these other jobs you mentioned. But yeah, there is definitely a deep affection appreciation for the job of motherhood that runs throughout the movie. And I like the connection you make between motherhood and the role of creator. I mean, it's obvious in some ways, but also caretaker comes into play. Mm -hmm. And we're back to these issues of free will as well, right? When do children, at what age, at what stage, um, does their free will become so free that it's their their will and you as the parent are stepping back and i think that's another journey we see barbie going on in the film so just an additional layer on top of the one you mentioned earlier as well where she's contemplating her mortality i mean yes she did, did not expect barbie to get into that but also a thread that has theological resonance with that being something we all have to reckon with as created beings so Thank you for helping me tease out (laughs) all these layers to Barbie. Was there any detail from the film, any performance or musical number you wanted to highlight before before I let you go? Or do you think we pretty much covered it? Well, I think to be fair, we should mention Ryan Gosling. We've talked about all the women, but he was just utterly brilliant in this film. I mean, the facial expressions, voice intonations. Again, seeing it the second time, I felt like I could pay more attention to that because I kind of knew the larger sweep of the story. Um, And yeah. Oscar for Oscars for the whole cast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, I think he is one of the first things people talk about when they came out of the movie. And it felt a little strange at first, as you said, to like, that's what you'd bring up when you're coming out of the Barbie movie. But he is just so incredible. And it is such a comically physical performance, as you Mm -hmm, suggested. mm -hmm. You know, I think about that slide down the hood of the car (laughs) that he makes at one point. So, yeah, Gosling is great in this. Well, seriously, Karen, thanks so much. This was a ton of fun. Uh, Karen's new book is The Evangelical Imagination, How Stories, Images, and Metaphors Created a Culture in Crisis. Really had a good time catching up with you. Let's let's try to do it again sometime before Greta Gerwig's next movie, okay? Let's do it. Thank you, Josh. If you happen to miss that TC post on Barbie I mentioned by Rosalyn Hernandez, we'll link to it in the show notes, along with more information about Karen's book. Thanks again to her for joining me. If you have thoughts on Barbie and would like to share them with us, you can find us on social over at the site formerly known as Twitter. We are at Think Christian. Same thing for Facebook. Do you prefer email? Well, you can reach us at tcpodcast at thinkchristian.net. Next up on the show, it's going to be an education session for me, as Claude Acho and Abiel Chessy will be catching me up on all things One Piece. Now, this is the manga-turned-anime-turned-live-action Netflix series that just came out 
I am eager to discuss it soon with those two. Also coming up, as I mentioned earlier on the show, the next edition of the TC Movie Club. We're going to be gathering online Monday, October 23, to discuss horror. What is it good for? To be part of that, just sign up at thinkchristian.net slash movie club. The TC Podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. Visit reframeministries.org for more information. Our audio engineer and post-production supervisor is John Reeder, and Reframe's co-director overseeing content strategy is Robin Basselin. I'm Josh Larson. Thanks so much for listening. Please join me in a couple of weeks when we'll consider how another corner of our pop culture fandom connects with our faith.